You are now listening to Zikaek Podcast, proclaiming the gospel, Jesus as Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King. A blessed Sunday to every one of you. We would like to welcome those who are here with us in the sanctuary. Welcome back to Sambuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. And to those of you who are joining us online, welcome to this wonderful worship service. Shall we open our Bibles in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 1 to 9? Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 1 to 9. I'll read from the New American Standard Bible. The Word of God says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the judgment which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, so that you may do them in the land where you are going over to take possession of it, so that your son and your grandson will fear the Lord your God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Now Israel, you shall listen and be careful to do them, so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly. Just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart and you shall repeat them diligently to your sons and speak of them when you sit in your house when you walk on the road when you lie down and when you get up you shall also tie them as a sign to your hand and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead you shall also write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates may the good lord bless the reading of his word there was a time when i was invited to visit a computer store the one who invited me when I arrived there was very busy talking to some of his clients and also giving instructions to some of his people there at the store. It so happened that his father was with us. And because his father was just seated right beside me, then I had a conversation with him. Looking at his son so busy, I made a commendation to him. I told him, your son is really a very hard-working person. He looked at me and he said, You know, Pastor, that is my legacy to my children. That is my legacy to my children. So I listened further to him and he said, My legacy to them is not wealth. Not something that they could have in, the, in their bank accounts. But my legacy to them is that characteristic of being a very hard-working person. And he related a story. He said, when I came to Sambuanga City with my wife and my children, many, many years ago, I did not have anything with me. I did not even have my own bank account. We did not have enough financially. So he said, I needed to have a business a very small-time business. I bought some bananas from the market, sliced them, fried them, and then nilalako ko yung saging every afternoon, every day. 
I became a good steward of whatever God had entrusted to me and my family. But we were so tight back then financially. But this time, we had a computer store. From banana to computers. Ganun na palago yung business. But what really, what really struck me was when he said, my legacy to my children is that characteristic of being a hard-working person. I think, if not all of the parents, most of the parents, we have thought about what shall I leave to my children when we will be taken by the Lord. Or if you are not a parent yet, maybe you can ask the question, what did my parent leave to me as a legacy? I was looking at the text when I was studying it, and I was, ex- uh, I was observing the life of Moses. Moses was like a spiritual father, a leader to the Israelites. When God freed them from the hands of the Egyptians many, many thousand years ago. But this time, they, were, they already traveled from Egypt. They managed to cross the wilderness. And they were now at the plains of Moab. The promised land can already be seen from a distance. But God told Moses, Moses, I will not let you in to that land that I have promised. However, these Israelites that you have led, they will be able to enter such land and I am going to give it to them. As a leader to my people, I would like you to leave this message to them. And I believe of all the things that Moses left to the Israelites, this was the most important thing that he left with them. And that is found in the text that we have read. To be very specific about it, what is this thing that Moses left with the Israelites? To be very specific, it is found in verses 4 and 5. In the modern time, we call it the Shema. Okay? And I will explain to you further later, what is it? Ano tong Shema na binabanggit sa verses 4 and 5? But before we look at this principle or this idea that God related to Moses, something that he needed to leave to his people, let us look at verses 1 to 3 first, because in these three verses, we can find the purposes why God left this Shema to his children. Okay? So let us look at verses 1 to 3. Verse 1. The first purpose that we could find why God left the Shema to the Israelites is this. So that you may do them in the land. So that you may do them in the land. Take note that the Israelites were chosen by the Lord. They were not just randomly handpicked by anybody else and you will be called Israel, but it was God himself who handpicked them, who chose these people. And God had an intention for doing that. If you look at the promise of God to Abraham in the earlier part of the story of Israel, you would see there that God told him, I am going to make you a nation. I am going to bless nations through you. In other words, there is an idea that nations were surrounding Israel and that they are going to be receiving the blessing of God through the Israelites, 
through the descendants of Abraham. And this time, there is an idea of being a unique nation. Two Sundays ago, we talked about during the time of first of Samuel, wherein the Israelites asked for a king to judge over them. Remember? And then God was upset with the reason why Israel was asking for a king because they said, give us a king just like the other nations. That was directly destroying the intention of God to them because in the very first place, God wanted them to be a very unique nation. And yet, out of that intention that God had for them, their intention was the opposite of it because they wanted to become like the other nations. Because God really had in mind, my people, my children, I have set you apart. I want you to be a different nation from the rest of the nations because you are going to be a nation of Yahweh. You will be a nation that will be the source the channel of the blessings that I will let the world experience is the Israelites. And God had that intention for them. I am giving you Desema so that you will live it out when you live in that land already. Take note. When God brought them out of Egypt, they did not have any land. In the mind of God, I'll bring you to Canaan and I'll give you that land. When you are staying in that land already, I want you to exemplify in your daily life the Sema. The next purpose that God had given to them was stated in the following verse. So that, take note of this phrase, so that. Whenever you read this phrase while you are reading the Bible, so that is a purpose phrase. In other words, there is a, an importance to the next line after that. So that you, you, your son, and your grandson will fear the Lord. I want you to embrace the Shema. I want you to give this to them so that you, your son, and your grandson will fear the Lord. This is a reverential fear. Out of respect, with the intention of honoring the object of your fear. So God gave them the Sema so that they will fear the Lord. Because once they fear the Lord, they would live their lives according to His intentions and desires. Just like a child. If the child has a respect for his parent, he would live his life according to the intention of his parent. If you are a young people this time, if you are a teenager and your parent is giving you some instructions, if you fear your parents, if you want to honor your parents, if you want to give respect to your parents, live your life according to their intention. That is why God was giving this to the Israelites because he wanted them to live according to his intentions. Next, next purpose. He said it in verse 3 to the very beginning of verse, uh, verse 3. So that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly. God gave them the Sema 
Because God had a good intention for them. What is that intention? Not only that they would live according to God, God's desires, but they will experience the blessings of the Almighty. You know, during this time in their context, you live and please God, you receive blessing, you disobey God, then there is going to be a consequence for your action. So God intended that they would have the Sema, they will embrace the Sema, so that they will receive the intended blessings for them. Beautiful purposes that God has set for his people. Now let's proceed to verse 4. The actual principle, the actual statement that we need to take note, and I believe we may not be Israelites, but the intention behind the text, I believe, is very applicable to every one of us. The word Sema is taken from the very first word of the, the two verses that I have mentioned, verses 4 and 5. The word Sema actually means here. Here, it does not mean only paying attention to the sound that is carried through the waves, through the air, but it is giving your full attention to what is about to be stated with the intention of giving your heart to it, with the intention of embracing it, with the intention of living your life according to it. The Sema. Look at verse 4. Hear, Israel. When God said this to Moses, Hear, Israel. Moses had to relate it to the people in that way. Hear, Israel. Meaning to say, give your full attention with the idea of receiving what God has for you, with the idea of embracing what is about to be given to you, with the idea of living it out in your life as God has intended. Hear, Israel. What is it to be heard? The Lord, your, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. This would convey ideas such as there is only one God as against to polytheistic uh, what is this religion? You know, they came from Egypt. Egypt worshipped many gods. They have many gods. But for Israel, there is only one God. God took them out of Egypt. They traveled in the wilderness as they crossed the vast desert. They encountered many people from different nations who were also polytheistic. When I say polytheistic, poly, many theistic gods many gods but for Israel there is only one God and this does not only convey the idea of monotheism but this also conveys the idea that for Israel there is an exclusive God for them no other gods for Israel so the idea is that it is standing as against polytheism and it is an idea of exclusivity that there is no other God for Israel. They are set apart and thus they are only and solely for their God. Yahweh is the only God for Israel. And then he continued. The next part of the Shema is this. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I heard people trying to understand this line, explaining the different aspects of it. Loving God with all your heart has a different meaning from loving God with all your soul and has a different meaning from loving God with all your strength. But the way I look at the text, when God deals with his people, he does not deal with his children in different phases of life or aspects of life. But when he dealt with his children, he dealt with them as an entity, as a whole unit. In other words, when we try to understand what was related by God to Moses here, God was trying to tell them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. In short, God wanted them to love him with, whole, with their whole being. Love the Lord your God with all that you are. If you say, I love God with my family, then that would also affect loving God in the other aspects of life. When you say, I love God with my thinking, but I don't like him to be part of my finances, that's no love at all. When you say, I love God with the way I deal with my emotions, and yet I hate the other people around me, that doesn't qualify. Because when you love God, it should be loving him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. It is the entirety of your being. That is why when he gave this to the Israelites, two things out of this statement, the Shema. Love God. I mean, there is no other God for Israel. An exclusive idea that they are solely for God alone and then that they love God with all their being. This is the kind of thing that God has left to the Israelites. And God intended that they live according to it. That they may fear Him and live wisely daily. That they may experience the intended blessings of the Almighty for them. Take note of the Sema. You know, until today, those religious Jewish people, they continue to recite the Shema. It is like a prayer to them. And that is why if you consider this, this has been passed from one generation to another. Eh, matagal na to eh, na sinabi ni Lord kay Moses. Dumating na lang ang New Testament time. They continue doing it even in the 21st century. They continue to recite it. God gave them more instruction. Looking at verses 1 to 3, you would see God's purposes for the Sema. Verses 4 and 5, you would see there the Sema itself. Looking at verses 6 to 9, you will see there the manner by which the Israelites are to pass it to the next generation. Look at what God told them. Verse 6, these words... What is, the, what is the word this pertaining to? It's pertaining to verses 4 and 5, the Shema. These words which I am commanding you shall be on your heart. Take note of this. God was giving this idea to the Israelites. And he wanted, especially the older generation, he wanted all of them to learn the Shema by heart. 
In the mind of the Israelites, the heart is the center of your being. Once you find something in that heart, it is radiating outside through the actions. So when God told them, let this sink into your heart. In other words, you must recite this, know this, and live it out through your actions. Because if you belong to the older generation, and you receive this from God, and you tell your children, this is the Shema, you follow this, and, that when, and yet when they look at your life, your life does not exemplify it, then they'll get confused. They'll get confused. Why? Because you are saying one thing and you are displaying another in your action. Thus, when you look at these words that God related to them, there is an intention of that they would bring that into their hearts and live their lives according to it. Just like children in our time, the parents would tell their children, you live your life in a very peaceful manner. And yet when they look at you and your spouse, you are as if raging war at each other every day. They'll get confused. Mama and Papa said, we should live in a peaceful manner. But how in the world they are quarreling each other every day? How in the world they are saying one thing and they are showing another and thus, when God told the Israelites, related this to the older generation, you are to set this in your heart. Because once you set that in your heart, you live your life according to it. And then he continued with his instruction. And you shall repeat them diligently. What is it that they need to repeat? The Shema. Repeat them diligently. You got to tell them these words of mine over and over. You have to repeatedly mention this. You know, as an educator, I still believe no matter how complicated the way of educating people become, became this time, rote learning is still very powerful. Repeti repetition. Rote learning is still very powerful. And I want you to listen to this, young people or children, if you are listening together with your parents. Your parents, once they identify something very important, they will repeatedly mention that to you. And many times, the younger generation become irritated of the repetition that often they will say to their parents, Para kang sirang plaka. Parakang sirang plaka, paulit-ulit. But reality, behind that repetition, there is an, a way of educating you because it is inculcating now in your heart and mind what they are trying to teach you. Rote learning is still very powerful. And that is why God told Moses, you repeatedly mentioned the Shema to your children and to the following generation. Repetition. Repetition. Over and over again, until it gets into your head, until it becomes part of your life. Maybe you did not notice this. Rote learning is very powerful. I was observing my son. 
he really likes listening to BTS. I do not understand their language because many of their lyrics, there are some English songs they have, but many of their songs are in Koreans. One time, I heard him singing in Korean. How did this boy learn to sing in Korean language? Repetition. He keeps on listening to it. And it's registered to his brain, even if he does not understand what it says. Repetition is very powerful. And this is a reality even in our time. Children, young people, do not get irritated when your parents repeat something before you. Because that means to say, it is very important. And God told them, repeat them diligently. Diligently, hindi lang repeat them. Repeat them diligently. And he said, speak of them when you sit in your house and when you walk on the road. This is a figure of speech we call merism. Two merisms that were mentioned here. Repeat this sema to them when you are in your house sitting and when you are walking on the road outside your house. In other words, whatever your activity is, whether you are doing something inside the house or you are outside the house, make sure that the sema is mentioned to them. Make sure that the sema is taught to them. And then another merism is that when you, when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, those hours before you lie down during the night and sleep, those hours even when you are outside the house, you still do the Sema. From your activities of the day, you go to sleep during the night, you still teach them the Sema. It is a repeated teaching, repeated teaching until it sinks not only into their bones, but when it settles into their hearts, they would begin to live according to it. And I think this is something important that you and I should take note of. Let's repeatedly learn the Word of God. Let's repeatedly remind our, ourselves about who God is. Because through that, we will learn all the more what God is and what God can do and who He is in our lives. Repeated, repeated repetition. It is very powerful. Very powerful. And the Lord continued, You shall also tie them as a sign to your hand, and they shall be as frontlets. Something that you put there in front of you. In other words, wherever you may be, you see things and you see it, the Shema is there. How do you deal with other people? You deal with them with the Sema in your mind. Is this how I love the Lord my God? In the way I deal with my neighbors. In the way I deal with my enemies. In the way I deal with my business. Is the Sema there reminding me that through this I am loving God? Because not only in the way you look at it, but in the way you're dealing it. Why? Because it's tied on your hands. It talks about your action. The Sema is very important for Israel. And we know what, when, at one time when Jesus was confronted by a young lawyer, he said, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus told him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He is actually relating this to what was stated in Deuteronomy thousands of years ago. 
love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Because the Shema remains to be very important, not only to the Israelites, even to the Christians in our time. If we love God, let it sink into our hearts and let it become the determining factor of our thoughts, of our words, and of our actions. Parents, you may be thinking of leaving something important to your children. But I tell you, one, if not one of the greatest, I shall say the greatest legacy that you can leave to the next generation is teaching them to worship only God and living according to God's intention. Teach them. You have to make a resolution in your heart as you teach your children, as you teach your nephews and nieces, as you teach your younger siblings, or if you are the youngest, as you exemplify the word in your life. Make a resolution. You have to resolve it deep within you in your heart and mind. Lord, there shall be no other gods for me. I will worship you alone. And I will resolve to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength. This is the greatest legacy that you could live, not only to your children, but to the next generation. Let me close the message this morning with this study. I got this from Terry Laughlin. Listen to this study. A study was once done on two men who live in the late 1700s, both from the same state of New York. So the same place, the same year. Listen. The first person that was studied was named Max Jukes. Max Jukes did not believe in Christ or in Christian training. He refused to take his children to the church or even when they asked to go. Many fathers today are like Max Jukes. They do not follow Christ and they see no value in Christian living. Some even invent ways or make excuses for keeping their family from the true things of God. Mark's decision was very destructive to his family and costly to the state of New York. Now listen very carefully what happened to the next generation. Max had 903 known descendants. 903 known descendants that came after him. 100, 100 were sent to prison for an average year or term of 13 years. 90 were public prostitutes. 145 were admitted alcoholics. 285 had social diseases. And 300 were delinquents. The report estimated that the crimes and care of the Max Jukes family line cost the state of New York over $1 million. What happens in the family affects the entire society. The next guy that was placed under the study was a Puritan preacher named Jonathan Edwards. 
He was an uncompromising theologian, a pastor who lived to please God, and was a man of prayer. Jonathan Edwards had 1,394 descendants. His descendants included 13 college presidents, 65 prominent lawyers, 32 noted authors, 90 physicians, 86 state senators, 30 judges, 3 congressmen, 1 vice president of the United States, and 200 ministers of the gospel. It has been said that the family of this man of God never cost the state of New York a single penny for rehabilitation and incarceration. Never. If you see the contrast between these two people and their descendants, one man went to the side of something that doesn't belong to the Lord, while the other chose to live his life for the glory and honor of God. If I will translate it in our time in relation to what is preached from Deuteronomy, one man stayed away, ran away from the Sema. The other guy lived his life according to the Sema. The next generations were all affected by the decision that he made. Listen very carefully. You leave money to your children. It may sustain them for years. You leave a mansion for them. It may sustain them for a lifetime. You leave them the highest education that they could attain. It would build them and even the next generation. But leave them the legacy of loving God and living according to it. It will last until eternity. Live your life according to it. Make a resolution. I will worship no other, God, no other gods. I will worship only the God of the Bible. And I will love that God with all my heart with all my soul and with all my strength. And I will influence the next generation for the glory of my king because that will leave a legacy that will last for eternity. God bless us all and good morning. You just heard a message from Zamboanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in our social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zekaek Ministries. God bless!